Chapter Eight: Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc by Mark Twain. Chapter Eight: Why the Scorners Relented. Human nature is the same everywhere. It defies success. It has nothing but scorn for defeat. The village considered that Joan had disgraced it with her grotesque performance and its ridiculous failure. So all the tongues were busy with the matter, and as bilious and bitter as they were busy, insomuch that if the tongues had been teeth, she would not have survived her persecutions. Those persons who did not scold did what was worse and harder to bear, for they ridiculed her and mocked at her, and ceased neither day nor night from their witticisms and jeerings and laughter. Homet and little Mangette and I stood by her, but the storm was too strong for her other friends, and they avoided her, being ashamed to be seen with her because she was so unpopular, and because of the sting of the taunts that assailed them on her account. She shed tears in secret, but none in public. In public, she carried herself with serenity and showed no distress nor any resentment, conduct which should have softened the feeling against her, but it did not. Her father was so incensed that he could not talk in measured terms about her wild project of going to the wars like a man. He had dreamed of her doing such a thing some time before, and now he remembered that dream with apprehension and anger, and said that rather than see her unsex herself and go away with the armies, he would require her brothers to drown her, and that if they should refuse, he would do it with his own hands. But none of these things shook her purpose in the least. Her parents kept a strict watch upon her to keep her from leaving the village, but she said her time was not yet; that when the time to go was come, she should know it, and then the keepers would watch in vain. The summer wasted along, and when it was seen that her purpose continued steadfast, the parents were glad of a chance which finally offered itself for bringing her projects to an end through marriage. The paladin had the effrontery to pretend that she had engaged herself to him several years before, and now he claimed a ratification of the engagement. She said his statement was not true, and refused to marry him. She was cited to appear before the ecclesiastical court at Toul to answer for her perversity. When she declined to have counsel and elected to conduct her case herself, her parents and all her ill wishers rejoiced and looked upon her as already defeated. And that was natural enough, for who would expect that an ignorant peasant girl of sixteen would be otherwise than frightened and tongue-tied when standing for the first time in presence of the practiced doctors of the law and surrounded by the cold solemnities of a court? Yet all these people were mistaken. They flocked to Toul to see and enjoy this fright and embarrassment and defeat, and they had their trouble for their pains. She was modest, tranquil. And quite at her ease, she called no witnesses, saying she would content herself with examining the witnesses for the prosecution. When they had testified, she rose and reviewed their testimony in a few words, pronounced it vague, confused, and of no force. Then she placed the paladin again on the stand and began to search him. His previous testimony went rag by rag to ruin under her ingenious hands until at last he stood bare, so to speak. He that had come so richly clothed in fraud and falsehood, his counsel began an argument, but the court declined to hear it and threw out the case, adding a few words of grave compliment for Joan, and referring to her as this marvelous child. After this victory, with this high praise from so imposing a source added, 
the fickle village turned again and gave joan countenance compliment and peace her mother took her back to her heart and even her father relented and said he was proud of her but the time hung heavy on her hands nevertheless for the siege of orleans was begun the clouds lowered darker and darker over france and still her voices said wait and gave her no direct commands the winter set in and wore tediously along but at last there was a change end of chapter 8 and of book 1